it can be the perception of something that is traumatic for a child that we would not even think would was be. traumatic. Mm-hmm. So there's an awareness there. <clears throat> and I, you know, it comes from having those open conversations, having the trust in the relationship with a child. So they're going to be able to feel comfortable talking about mm-hmm. their perception of things and that, and that they're willing to, mm-hmm. to be vulnerable with you and have that safety and security in the mm-hmm. relationship. Man, I mean, I mean, the number one personal development program on the planet is be a, be a parent, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. be, be a, be, yeah, be yes. a parent really. Yeah. So we've been sitting around having a few glasses of wine here. We're going to actually lighten things up. We're going to light things up with uh, round two of, you know, the topic of children. Parenting. Parenting. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, the lighthearted conversations around codependency. Yeah, no, not know, really. Lighthearted. Emotional <laughs> neglect. You know, that kind of stuff. Not that it's lighthearted. But we, I want to get a little bit more personal. I want to actually talk about the intimate aspects of how we as guides and parents and people who have influence over young children, uh, you know, young adults in this massive exposure when it comes to um, codependency, addiction, obsessive compulsive behaviors, and the autonomy, like like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. when there's a mass amount of it. I mean, the, man, I could go on about adults, but mm-hmm. we're talking about like, I don't know how many messed up adults are hanging out on the planet right now that didn't even actually get influenced when they were younger. It's just now. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine how navigating that as a parent with young adults and children and teenagers mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. is going on. So mm-hmm. that's, I don't know. Well, and so much of what, you know, as adults, we all recognize that we're still grappling and dealing with things in our childhood. Right. So obviously you know, it goes to show that our childhood is so influential Mm -hmm. on our perspective and who we are, right? I mean, in the good and in the bad. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it it does set the stage Mm -hmm. for, you know, um, all sorts of behaviors Mm -hmm. that are either uh, skillful or not, right? And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, not really a light topic, <laughs> but um, an important one too, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to dive into a little bit more codependency and on the spectrum of that that moves us into, you know, more addictions and, and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But, you know, I want to preface it by just saying that, you know, as we talked about, you know, in, in part one of parenting, mm-hmm. just, you know, how to be connected to our parent or our kids and, you know, and, and really being the role model to them. But... It's also about being emotionally available. And so, yeah, you know, one of my favorite books I recommended a ton to my patients is uh, a book called Running on Empty. And it's funny how many people identify with the title. They're like, oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, what's interesting about it, and I love it because she talks about different parenting styles, right? Whether that be a passive parent or a perfectionist parent or an absent parent or a sick parent or an mm-hmm. addicted parent or, you know, authoritarian parent or a narcissistic parent. But regardless of the environment, mm-hmm. it all ends up and results in the same thing, which is mm-hmm. emotional neglect. 
And, you know, I think most of us at this stage in our life, you know, we really recognize, hey, we're doing good. Like our kids aren't neglected. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that they don't have food, clothing and shelter and education and, you know, their basic needs. But emotionally, are we meeting our kids where where they need to be? Mm -hmm. And emotional neglect is really about like when your child goes through an experience, do you see them? For their experience, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's different parenting strategies. So for example, you know, little Johnny comes from, you know, school and he, you know, he hit somebody at school, right? Comes home with a note and, you know, how that parent handles the situation. So if it's an authoritarian parent, they say, how dare you? You're grounded for a month, Mm -hmm. you know, no TV, no, you're not allowed to go out. You can't talk to your friends. Like, you know, you know, this is not okay. You know, then you have a a passive parent who says, oh, you know, I'm sure you didn't mean to do that. And, you know, that, you know, that other little boy, he probably deserved it. I know he's been picking on you. You know, it's fine. Or if it's a perfectionist parent, it's like, well, we won't do that. You know, how does that look? You know, um, we do everything right. You're Mm going to need to write a letter to the teacher and apologize and and the student. If it's a narcissistic parent, it says, oh, you make me look like I'm a bad parent. How dare mm-hmm. you hit another mm-hmm. child, mm-hmm. right? Meaning there's all sorts of parenting strategies that we do, but what's the problem in it? We never actually asked Johnny what happened. Mm. Hey, what, what led you to hit another child at school? What's mm-hmm. going on with you? Mm-hmm. What were you feeling in that moment? What was like, never mind that that other boy was, was bullying him for the last three months, mm-hmm. right? And he just got fed up with it. Right. That that brings me to a little story. If I can interrupt, yeah. I think my daughter was in grade four, and it was it was actually kind of cute because she came home and uh, she had gotten trouble a note from the the principal, and my daughter was v- just a sweetheart, but she had mm-hmm. um, hit this kid. I think with her mm-hmm. her jacket or send the zipper hit right. him, and it wasn't you know aggressive, but yeah, right. So anyways, um, I asked her the whole story and she's like, well, this kid was picking on somebody else, on another kid. And Mm -hmm. I had had enough of this kid. Mm -hmm. He was Mm -hmm. just like mean. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he did something to her. She responded back. But um, what made me laugh, though, too, is, you know, sometimes uh, the teachers and the the principals, the people involved, their hands are tied in so many Mm -hmm. ways. And so the principal actually you know, had, um, um, given her a bit of a pat on the back privately, you know, <laughs> saying way to go. Cause this kid need to be put in his place, but yeah. don't say anything. Do you know what right, I mean? Yeah. So I think often, um, it's kind of just a, a funny little thing, but yet, um, I think it's important that kids stand up for other kids, 100%. you know, not in a, but a violent you, way, but right. you know, there is some, yeah, your motive was good in that, mm-hmm. but maybe, and so acknowledging what part of that was right and what part of it right. was wrong. 100%. And so that you, you know, assess the whole right. situation, like so you said. No yeah. not, nothing's wrong. You just, you just beat up bullets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? But kids are getting <laughs> reprimanded for this. Right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, yeah. and then the kid who's standing up for justice it. is, like, get getting yeah. punished. And it's And yeah. that's the part where, unless you have the conversation, first mm-hmm. of all, you identify, hey, what's going on for you? What are you feeling in that moment? What led to that? Mm-hmm. But then also recognize there are still consequences. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Every action has a consequence. So, 
whether or not their motive or their intent or their circumstance might have been valid or justified, mm. there's still a healthier way to do that, right? You could say, okay, well, maybe next time you could actually tell the teacher and get them to intervene rather than you taking it upon yourself. Or maybe we go and we talk to the teacher or maybe we get the, the, the principal involved or whatever it is, right? Coming up with solutions so that they're not resorting to something that's, that's not, you know... Um, acceptable or something that is okay for them to be doing, right? And, you know, that being said, too, um, parents and teachers don't always have the solutions. Mm -hmm. So I remember my daughter in grade two being um, bullied, and then on top of that, her teacher was old school and, you know, screaming at them and the last kid to the carpet, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) was going to be punished and staying at recess and just this old mentality and her, her grades dropped from like an A to barely passing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the teacher was like, what's wrong with your daughter? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with my daughter. What's wrong with your class? (laughs) You know, and what's wrong with, you know, she's being bullied and I found this out and she ended up lying to me for the bully. And so I sort the situation out in which, um, you know, I had gone to the principal, the parents, and Mm -hmm. nothing was resolved. And eventually I just had to yank her out of school because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was no resolution. Mm -hmm. And so at a certain point, you know, you're teaching your kids that, hey, you go through this process, this step, and if it doesn't work, how do we, we're not just going to stop there and allow Mm -hmm. this to continue. How Mm -hmm. do we actually find resolution Mm -hmm. in the situation? And then we ended up switching schools. Mm -hmm. So, and it was wonderful after Mm -hmm. that. It was just such a great experience for her. Well, and that's where, you know, how you got there is because you kept asking questions. You know, Mm -hmm. you kept going up the chain of command, maybe in that situation, hey, can the teacher help? Can the principal help? Can the parents help? But the fact is that you couldn't get there if you didn't actually understand what was going on mm-hmm. with your child, which means you met her emotional need in that moment, right? Rather than making it, well, that's just not acceptable, yeah. or you're just going to have to suck that up, or, or you know, you, you don't respect, don't disrespect your elders if it's, you know, mm. her teacher that's, that's inducing some of that bullying. Um, you know, the whole point is that what that does, if we, if we're not acknowledging that and, and sometimes like we're doing the best we can as a parent, but the truth is our emotional needs weren't met growing up. So if we don't understand what our emotional needs are, how can we meet anybody else's? Mm. Right. So, you know, that kind of sets the stage though, to places like addiction, to places like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, more mental health issues, because what the message is underneath that, if we're not ex- seeing our children and seeing what their needs are, they're going to figure out pretty quick that their emotional needs don't matter. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. they're going to stop having them. Their self-worth and their self-confidence and their... their yeah, it's yeah. all going to drop. And, you know, kids need to know, like, like they're going to learn. Life isn't easy. Mm-hmm. There's challenges. You're going to be bullied at some point mm-hmm. or the other for the rest of your life, probably. And so it's how you deal with that and mm-hmm. what... Um, do you allow that to destroy your confidence by accepting it, to accept those messages that, um, and those lies that are being told to you through the circumstance, or do you oppose them and say, no, that's mm-hmm. actually not true about who I am. My self-worth mm-hmm. is worth protecting. I'm worth protecting. Mm-hmm. I'm worth loving. I'm worth, um, all of this and mm-hmm. more. And so, <laughs> you know, having a parent protect you and, and sort of lead you in that way to keep your self-esteem intact mm-hmm. is so, so important. Well, it comes from the parent. I mean, that's the whole thing is that, you know, you're instilling that just by, you know, meeting, you know, 
your child's need. Mm -hmm. And it's not, we're not going to do it perfect every time. Maybe we're distracted. Maybe we're tired. You know, maybe they're like three and their toy broke and they're like, oh, you know, I hate that toy anyways. Mm -hmm. Right. Where the reality, he just needs to say, oh, you know, that really sucks. I know that was your favorite toy. You know, that that must really feel, you know, you must really be sad right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Just acknowledging, just like recognizing you're hurting, you're, you're, you have a feeling, you have an emotion that's valid. It's important. And the more that we do that, like at a young age and continue to, that instills confidence, that Mm -hmm. instills that sense of I have value. So when somebody else is telling me that, you know, you know, I shouldn't be listening to what I'm feeling, I have a confidence, I have a sense of self-worth in Mm -hmm. that, that I'm not going to accept bullying. I'm not going to accept, you know, things that aren't okay. But if we're, if we're not doing that on a consistent basis, you know, this is where I think, you know, one that we need to recognize, we need to do that. We need to see our kids and what they're experiencing and what they're feeling and, you know, ask them, what are you feeling? And don't just accept an explanation of a thought, right? Yeah. There's so many times we say, what are you feeling? Like, well, I just, you know, I really don't like it when this happens. And, you know, it just, you know, they'll go through a story when that, when what they really need to say is, I'm angry. Mm. or I'm frustrated, or I'm mm-hmm. sad, or I'm confused, and like help them get to that word, mm-hmm. help them get to identify the emotion. Well, are you kidding me? I got to tell you this. I mean, and I'm, I'm guilty for it at one point or another, just with, you know, Greg as a therapist. <laughs> He's like, Crystal, you just answered five feeling questions with thought answers. I'm like, mm, nope, I didn't. <laughs> He's like, yes, you did. What are you feeling right now? I'm like, pissed off. That's a feeling. <laughs> frustrated you're asking me this question but you know ask me to really define my feelings on Mm -hmm. a regular basis or any adult Mm -hmm. to define their feelings first of all you've got to be able to do that yourself right to be able to ask the questions for your children and actually listen for the feeling words right so it's, it's actually really so significant it's i mean we're sitting here talking about conscious parenting Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of unconscious parents yeah. And so the 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 real solution to it is really raising the consciousness of the adult human beings that have children mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as that we can sit here and go you got to do this with your kids. Well, I don't I don't know very many conscious mm-hmm. parents. Yeah. You know, so the the conscious aspect of it has to come from the parents first. So yeah. yeah, I think you ladies are really on to something because, and, and I think this is such an important conversation to have and parents to have because um, childhood trauma mm-hmm. stays with children for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I know recently I was listening to a professional out of the UK and he said, you know, the real difference I see in my in my clients, in their ability to recover and bounce back is seen in the difference of those who experienced childhood trauma and those who didn't. Mm. And those who experienced childhood trauma had great difficulty just receiving and Mm -hmm. progressing through talk therapy or Mm -hmm. whatever technique was used. Um, And he identified that. And so I think 
how we walk through and what we say to our children when they experience trauma. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could even be sexual abuse Mm -hmm. as a child that you you found out Mm -hmm. something was going on, emotional abuse, whatever kind of abuse. It's important that you don't ignore it. You don't sweep it under the carpet. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what to do, go and ask. Start having Mm -hmm. conversations Mm -hmm. with um, other family members, people you trust, therapists, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Spend time in prayer, get inspired. Mm-hmm. How do I deal yeah. with this situation? How do I help heal this now? Mm-hmm. And so it's not a hindrance that um, lingers through the child's life right. and where they feel like they were abandoned. They feel like they were alone. Mm-hmm. They feel like they were neglected and they weren't accepted. Mm-hmm. Or All of these uh, feelings that go around abuse shape and mold. And, right. and, you know, it can lead to addictions and it can lead to other big problems that um, continue on right. through mm-hmm. adulthood and so it's important what to is, address what is childhood. trauma so we I mean you can do the, that's one of the well, hardest things to, to look at well and I think just on what you were saying like it's like it's not just that a child experiences trauma, and we'll talk about what trauma is in a minute, but it's also the fact mm-hmm. it's the parent that's actually experiencing trauma by the child going Having through something. Having the trauma, true. So the reason why I think a lot of times parents can't be available mm-hmm. to do what they need to do to help them, because you're absolutely right. This, you know, The science is pretty clear on that. It's not what a child goes through. It's whether they had the opportunity to process mm-hmm. it. Yes. And if they didn't have an opportunity to process a lot of time, it's because the parent was so traumatized by the, like the they, they couldn't deal with yeah, it. They exactly. couldn't, you know, whether it was guilt or like we feel like as a job as our parent is to protect our children. So, you know, we can't protect them from everything. And mm-hmm. so sometimes when they experience something, there's, there's so much trauma in the parent of like, how could this have happened? How could, you know, my child's never going to recover. How can, you know, and there's so much shame around it that they're not dealing with it. Therefore they're not available to help the child work through it. And I mean, what is trauma? Mm-hmm. That's so subjective. Exactly. And that's what I mean. A lot of the times too, when you segue into obsessive compulsive addictive behaviors or even the experience of shame mm-hmm. and then also secrecy or, or pulling back and being reclusive, disconnected, disconnected is it can be the perception of something that is traumatic for a child that we would not even think was traumatic Mm -hmm. so there's an awareness there and i you know it comes from having those open conversations having the trust in the relationship with a child so they're gonna be able to feel comfortable talking about Mm -hmm. their perception of things and that that they're willing to Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable with you and have that safety and security in the Mm -hmm. relationship man i mean i mean the number one (laughs) personal development program on the planet is be a be a parent, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Be be a be, yeah. Be yes. a parent, really. Yeah. Be a guide to children mm-hmm. in some way. Second is be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, and you know the way I describe trauma is it's just when an experience we have goes beyond our ability to cope. Mm. So you know that's really subjective to our experience. Yeah, exactly. So you know we're resilient yeah. to a point. Yeah. Um, you know, I can speak to my daughter, my oldest daughter, Myla, she had an experience of our actual neighbor's house was on fire. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we thought our house was next. Like the fire was literally 10 feet away from our house. We're surrounded by trees, Yeah, you know, so we evacuated our house and we, you know, got the dog and got all the kids in the truck and, 
you know, you know, Rob and I are trying to figure out what to do. You know, what it's that panic moment of like, what do you get? Yeah, you what know, do you I'm trying to go yeah. around and take pictures of the house. I'm I'm praying over my house. Yeah. And, you know, and they can see our our panic, right? Or yeah. our you know, you guys aren't. It's literally it happened. It's in the middle of the night. We had to wake them up. <clears throat> Oh, wow. You know, we'd, you know, literally take them out of their beds, put them in the truck. Fire trucks are there. I mean, you know, and this is a few years ago, so they're confused. They don't know what's happening. I was just sleeping in my comfortable bed, and now there's fire trucks, and there's fire right next door. My pa- my parents are panicking. Mm-hmm. And although, you know, thank the Lord, you know, they got the fire out. Our house was okay. You know, a couple hours later, we got to come back into our house. Everything was fine. For months after... She wasn't okay. Yeah. You know, every time there was a fire drill at school, she yeah. would go into anxiety. Okay. Every time, you know, she had to, she couldn't be away from me. She couldn't be, she couldn't have, she used to be able to have sleepovers at friends. All of a sudden mm. she couldn't sleep over at, mm-hmm. at friends' houses. Um, and she kept saying, you know, mom, I'm really, I'm, I'm not over the, the fire. Like it was mm. really scary for me. Um, and so, you know, in that moment, like, okay, like that really affected her. And so mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to help her? Because yeah. it's, it, it's her experience of it. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So trying to both work through it, I actually took her to counseling. We did some, um, you know, some, some counseling, but also, um, a little bit of, um, uh, emotional EMDR. freedom. Yeah. Emotional yeah. freedom. Taking, yeah. yeah. Um, just to kind of help her process. Yeah. And when she came through it, you know what? She's, she can release, released all of the yeah. anxiety. She's able to have sleepovers again. Good. You know, she's doing great, but what I would have perceived, yes, it was a scary experience. Uh, you know, am I traumatized from it? No. And my younger daughter who would also experience the same thing, no big no deal. Big deal. Hmm. Um, but for her, just at maybe the age she was at, maybe mm-hmm. the circumstances, you know, you know, witnessing not just what was happening, but also the fear of me mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably wasn't my number one controlled moment as a parent. <laughs> as I'm, I looked at all my pictures after, I'm like, how would I have even seen these? They're all so blurry. <laughs> um but we don't recognize what's yeah. traumatic, right? And so yeah. what we overlook is, oh, that's no big deal. Yeah. Actually could have been incredibly Yeah, impactful. exactly. And impactful, for sure. Yeah, and I think taking uh, into consideration your child's personality, mm-hmm. their temperament, yeah. and not assuming, like you said, what yeah. what is or what isn't for them, and then walking through that with them and... I mean, a big part of trauma is just realizing the the healing of that is realizing you're not alone, Mm -hmm. you know, and that you're loved and that um, parents are there for their children. Um, And sometimes parents have no clue what's going on either. Mm -hmm. And um, the child feels so ashamed or so, you know, I walk through some of that myself and coming from an environment where the, you know, my parents were more rigid and they were more had I had this high expectation I felt like it wasn't appropriate to express my Mm -hmm. feelings a lot of times and so that just adds to Mm -hmm. you know any trauma and and then you end up carrying that further but Mm -hmm. I honestly think parents if they if they deal with it immediately and they just Mm -hmm. pour in love and um, attention to their children like it it just can make all the difference Mm -hmm. in the world and 
you know, that little soul is your responsibility Mm -hmm. and they're just, you know, like it's so important you love and guide and Mm -hmm. you, you teach them. You don't just raise them like potatoes or cattle. You teach (laughs) them and you train them and the way they should go. And, you know, and then I believe they won't depart from it because, um, they've learned that and they've learned the right way to live. They've Mm -hmm. learned the right principles of life, the right Mm -hmm. morals. So if you teach that from a young age, that's going to carry them through mm-hmm. a lot of hard times in life, um, true. you know, in adulthood. Yeah, very yeah. true. Very so true. teaching them morality, teaching yeah. them um, what is right and wrong, like yeah. that's kind of lacking these mm-hmm. days. It's, you know, creating a standard. And and I always tell my daughter and other people, you know, you set the standard certain, you know, at a certain level for people or kids you know they'll never live up to that, but you've got to set the standard. If there's no standard, mm-hmm. they will feel like there's nothing to raise to. Yeah. And people want to raise to something and to um, feel like a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. And like they've, yeah. you know, they've gotten somewhere and they're looking to you for mm-hmm. direction. They're looking to you for acceptance. They're looking to you for guidance. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, you have to say, it's okay, you didn't make, but this is where the bar is. Mm-hmm. And so um, let's try and get there. But if you, you don't, you're human. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and let's show grace. the grace needed. But, um, be you okay know. Be okay to make mistakes. Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing yeah. Too, and, and be okay as a parent to set mm-hmm. the standard. Like, say, these are our morals. Mm-hmm. This is your, you know, these are our values. This is what we believe. Mm-hmm. And that's one know. thing that I've. There's not a lot of conversation around that. There's assumed, there's assumed morals and values, but there's mm-hmm. not a lot of conversation regularly in, mm-hmm. in family, family environments. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, the idea about mistakes is really important because, um, and mistakes, they're just learning opportunities. Mm. But truth is, I mean, kids, my kids, they're, they're terrified to make mistakes because they feel like, you know, oh, my parent, my, you know, my mom, my dad's going to be disappointed in me. And, you know, for me, it's been so important to ensure that I really own my mistakes because that's actually how they learn, that mm. they're okay. Theirs are mm-hmm. okay as well, yeah. Exactly. For sure. So as parents, and, and we have to... discussing it. Yeah. yeah like, like, you know what? I really screwed up there. I shouldn't mm. have said that. I apologize. Or, ah, you know what? I know I promised to do this and I, and, and you know, I had to work late and I'm really sorry. Mm. And, you know, mom's trying and I don't always make the mark and, you know, like... Yeah, I made a mistake, and it just because they're like, it oh, mom, they're right them. away, like, oh, mom, it's okay, yeah. and they give me a hug, and they're yeah. like, you know, I'm, you know, they've forgiven me instantly, yeah, but they, that teaches them to give them grace themselves, mm-hmm. right? Because we're harder on ourselves than anybody, mm-hmm. but they learn that as a child, like, oh, that's that water that spilled on the table, like, do we like, oh, come on, no, it's one more thing you got to clean up, right? Or it's like, oh, you know, no big deal. It's just yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's an attitude. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've, my daughter's come to me and she's dropped hints. What if this, what if I did this? What if that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, and so it's opened the door and, and, and for me to say, yeah, if, if this happened in your life, I would still love you. Mm-hmm. Like, if you got pregnant yeah. out of wedlock. I would still love you. Yeah. If you, you know, went to jail for stealing, I would still love you. Yeah. Like it's not going to change, yeah. you know, how I love you. Right. Um, and I think that's an important conversation just to be open about that. Hey, yeah. 
you could do this, 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 mm-hmm. and guess what? My love will never, ever change mm-hmm. for you. And it reminds me of a story I heard a while back. And, you know, Mother's Day in jail, everybody sends a card to their mother. Like, <laughs> I love you, Mom. Father Day, Father's Day rolls around. There ain't a card to be had. <laughs> so moms, yeah. listen up. Yeah, Your yeah. love is yeah. so important. So yeah. yeah. Could, well, I mean, all of it and all of it. I think that's, I mean... We, we we talk about moms, but man, the masculine role in, in children's mm-hmm. lives is really significant, important, huge. Well, very. and they, I mean, I think fathers really instill um, self-esteem yeah. um, in their children, like how they carry themselves, how they both from a, a, a role model to boys mm-hmm. and to become men, but also they're showing how men treat women yeah Mm -hmm. um and so that is i mean if you want to know as fathers the type of husband that they're going to have look at your own behavior right right because that's going to be their norm their norm that's going to be the expectation yeah um man i had to do a bunch of therapy in fact i think (laughs) that just ended last month (laughs) 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 on that yeah it was like i said to a therapist at one point or another okay i'm so tired of talking about my Mm -hmm. dad like enough Mm-hmm. Like it, that dude did, didn't he doesn't he died when I was you know yes, 21 yeah. so he's not we've had a great relationship since but he uh, I was like that's enough he doesn't get any more credit mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah I don't it's no more but yeah significant right in the way that the the children are going to be and not just I mean women but also men mm-hmm. like the young men are going to yeah. you know love and honor their their women whether that's their wife or their their what, friends or, right yeah how they see with, yeah. you know, and so much of, you know, whether we're talking about emotional neglect or we're talking about trauma or we're talking about, you know, grace in their mistakes or, mm-hmm. or, you know, do we give them, you know, direction and guidance or we just let them, you know, flail. Obviously the result is it is an element of, of shame. Like you mm-hmm. never, yeah. you're feeling like you're not enough right? or you're feeling like, um, it has to be, well, you go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I just, you. just that. Shame is the thing that, you know, if you feel like your kid's disconnecting, it's it's because shame is the secret. Yeah, it is. You know, it's the thing that we don't want people to see. Right. We don't want people to hear about it. Yeah. It's the thing that, that we're the most insecure about, yeah. right? And it's not because it's actually true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the thing, you know, that, that keeps us stuck and then into self-sabotaging behaviors and, mm-hmm. you know, that can lead into, you know whether it's experimenting with drugs or, or, you know, different behaviors that, you know, often kids are more susceptible to. So I think too, um, sometimes there is a reason for shame and guilt and, you know, as humans, as, you know, little kids, we do things wrong. We don't even realize sometimes the consequence of our actions, but regardless that shame or guilt can still be there. And, um, I think confession is something that is really Mm -hmm. important, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, you come to your child, let's confess what we did. Maybe even they even need to confess it to the person they offended. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. And so they need to release that. Yeah. They need to confess, I believe to 
you know, that person to God, whoever, and then ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And then they need to be, to know that they've been forgiven. And what it means to forgive is to release it and to not hang on to that. And that's not your identity. Mm -hmm. It might be something that you did, but that's not who you are. Maybe they stole something. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not a thief. Mm -hmm. You don't say, oh, you little thief. You know, you stole something, you made a mistake. Right. You're not a thief. Mm-hmm. You. This was a learning process, yeah. and uh, you right. know. But if it's not corrected, they could end up being right. a thief. Mm-hmm. If there True. isn't any consequence, right. and sometimes parents want to just rescue their kid mm-hmm. without allowing the consequences to happen or giving them a consequence, and then mm-hmm. they do end up being a right. thief, right? Mm-hmm. right. So because the shame is owning that behavior as you, than yeah. Yeah, forgiving and sometimes, and then there's a discipline that needs to happen with that, a consequence, Mm -hmm. whatever. Sometimes it's a natural consequence that happens. Sometimes it's a discipline you have to give to your child. And Mm -hmm. it's different for each one depending on their personality and temperament. Mm -hmm. Um, Some children, you know, if you're an extrovert, um, sending to them to, the, to their room is a mm-hmm. punishment mm-hmm. or taking away their phone mm-hmm. will be a punishment. For an introverted child, yeah. sending them to their room is congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> you just won the lottery. Right. Like, woohoo, I get yeah. to be by myself and chilling right. out and I'm having a great time. So assessing, you know, individual situations, but covering things in forgiveness and, mm-hmm. and then in love and saying, you know what, we don't remember that anymore because... Right. That was history. That right. that isn't you. That's mm-hmm. something you did, it's and that's that was a learning. Yeah, and it's okay. And and providing grace, mm-hmm. um, grace and discipline mm-hmm. in the situation, and then at the end of the day, always affirming your love for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, and so important in that process too to recognize what motivates your child more. Right, like if you're trying to instill. Um, a a change in their behavior and understanding it. I mean, that's the purpose of atonement. And like, it's like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this differently next time. So what motivates a child more, you know, my youngest daughter really responds to reward. She's like, you know, if I can just put a little sticker on a piece of paper because she's done her chores that, that day or whatever, like that, she's like, Hey mom, I did my chores. Where's my sticker? (laughs) Um, so, you know, that will, I will not have to tell her to, to make her bed. Whereas my oldest is like, meh, I don't really care, right? Mm, Or if it's like, you know what, you're not going to be able to, you know, call your friend or, you know, to go, go to your whatever over to your friend's house unless, you know, you put your laundry away, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So there's an element of what works best for our kids Mm -hmm. and recognizing what motivates them, Mm -hmm. um, which is also part of knowing them too. And and then giving them, you know, it's not about... um, like, I think natural consequence is always best, but I've gotten to the point, too, where I, I actually ask my kids, what do you think is the appropriate consequence for this situation? Mm-hmm. I actually let them come up with it. Yeah, uh, yeah I've done that And yeah. it's funny. Too. A lot of mm-hmm. times it's way worse than, than I have. Yeah. You know, <laughs> You're like, we don't have to go that far. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, yeah. and, and sometimes if they're like, I don't know, and I, then I'm like, okay, well, I'll come up with two, and you can decide which one. Yeah. Right. So I'm giving them some participation in it. It's not just me coming down and saying, this is what it is. I'm saying, all right, well, you recognize that they're they're they, you know, that this wasn't appropriate. So let's come together and figure out how we're going to resolve it. I think too, letting them, um, earn back that trust, mm-hmm. whatever's been broken, right. Allowing them to make that right. And how do you repair that now? Um, you know, not holding it over their head, but yet saying, 
what do we do to make the situation right now? Mm-hmm. And how do I earn trust back? I want to actually interject mm-hmm. a little bit because you guys are all talking. Again, you're talking from the place that you are at, which is great parents. Yeah. There are not a lot well. of parents <laughs> like you two out there, that's for sure. I'm like, uh, yeah, you I guys got bright-eyed. and You're, you're all doing, not, like, I'm just like, okay. so, even, I mean, my own, my own experience was, I mean, my mom was uh, amazing, is amazing. Um, there's lots of things that, of course, that she would have to work on, or she could say she would worked on, didn't done differently, whatever, in her upbringing. But at the same time, when it comes to my dad, there's no way that that person, by the time I was 12, had any authority over me because he had no... If, if you want respect from me, you have to be a respectable human. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. you have to walk the talk to reco- mm-hmm. to be let you know to be able to guide me, right? Not even a ten, probably. But um, you guys are speaking from the perspective that you that you are living the attributes that you are trying to guide your children. Where mm-hmm. there's not a lot of parents out there that actually even mm-hmm. live that. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do we actually, and we're going to segue into that in a different conversation because mm-hmm. we're going to wrap this one up. Well, I think the fact that a parent's even listening to this <laughs> would show that they actually want to change, right? True, and, 100%. And, and, you know, of course, it comes back to everything, every other conversation we're yeah. having yeah. around being accountable and, accountable and elevating mm. ourselves yes. and, you know, you know, self-reflecting and not taking things personally and yeah. all of those things that we are talking about and going to talk about is how we get there. Yeah. It's not overnight. Yeah. And, and the setting the standard of morality, setting a standard for your child to live up to is okay. Because I think when we set that standard, they want to naturally live up to it. Mm-hmm. And then when they make mistakes, hey, grace is there. But if you don't set a standard, mm-hmm. um, there's nothing to work towards, work towards or, yeah. the, or, or to like, really aspire, aspire to. to. Mm-hmm. And so, you That's know. synonymous as a parent challenging them and also saying, Hey, here's the bar of our morality in our family and what Mm -hmm. I believe in and what, what I'm going to instill into you. Um, you know, we don't lie. We don't cheat. Mm -hmm. We don't steal. You know, we don't do these things. We treat adults with respect. We treat other humans with respect. These are all things. And when, and when, you know, you cross that line, I'm going to let you know, Mm -hmm. you know, and it could just be a, you know, with my daughter, she's Mm -hmm. pretty, I mean, verbally, I can just Mm -hmm. say, Hey, this is it, and she respects me enough to say, "Okay, mom, yeah, I get it." And now mm-hmm. she's older. She says, "Okay, I'll take that into consideration." Yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's her way of saying, "I'm my own person," yeah. mm-hmm. and I and that's totally fine. <laughs> and I respect what you say, mom, and I'll think about mm-hmm. and I'll contemplate yeah. it and I'll process it because right. you're my mom and I respect you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's yeah. important to keep right. the respect and to. Live up to that standard yeah. yourself, because if you're exactly. not living that, they're not going to live it, and they're going to say, "You got to have a hey, bar for yourself too." You're and a have hypocrite. The same process, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're the not going to respect it, and the same yeah. level of like, "Hey, this is the parent I want to be. Yeah. I may not be there, but I'm striving for mm, that." You got to. We all have to create a bar, and it's always moving because yeah. it's it's always a process, right? Yeah, as soon as it's not like, "Oh, okay, we got there. Now I'm good. I don't have to do anymore." Yeah. It's like I and got there. Now the next one. Confessing so, your weakness too mm-hmm. to your child, like. You know, when I mess up or just say, mom isn't, I'm not strong in this area, yeah. you know, and then yeah. I'll, I'll say, 
let's call I this need some friend. Help. Yeah, or yeah, let's, yeah. you know, let's, how do we do, because right. I need some help, right? Like, yeah, even as a mom. We always have to have the answers. Yeah, and we mm-hmm. don't. It, it's about showing mm-hmm. them how to navigate, how to get the, mm-hmm. how to rely on people when we need to, how to. And that you do it also. Too, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and set the example of how to's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, for sure. Yeah. It is almost 40 minutes into this conversation, so I'm going to help us all wrap this up at mm-hmm. this point. But I just want to, first of all, we're going to have probably one or two more conversations with this beautiful lady, Carolyn Lewis mm-hmm. here. Thanks for being Aww. with us. Yes. Thanks for having me, ladies. You're so amazing. Such a great friend. So insightful and, you know, guided and inspired and really grateful that you could be here in these conversations to contribute. Mm-hmm. Like, Thank this is you beautiful. so much. And I'm uh, looking forward to more. Yeah. So... I, uh, yeah, let's wrap this up and we'll, we'll call it for next time. Thanks for listening.